Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. It is Unsportsmanlike on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. You can watch us on ESPN2 and ESPNU, where you see our uh, Jimmy Butler hair that we have uh, today on yeah. the graphics there. Because uh, I was a little emo this morning yeah. after the Giants' embarrassing loss last night. A little emo. A, a lot emo. Little, little emo. <laughs> yeah. Little, little emo. Uh, you can listen to us on the series like XM80. Like your judgment, Smalls. I'm not judging All across the country. It feels like a lot. You're heavy on the judgment this no, morning. I'm not. I don't like it. You're in a glass case of emotion. Exactly. I'm here for you. I'm exactly. your emotional support buddy today. Exactly. Be a support system for me. It's clear that I'm going through something. Yeah, I'm not going to sit here and talk about how great that Seattle Seahawks defense was last night. Let's talk about how bad Daniel Jones was. Let's talk about how bad the penalties were for the Giants on special teams. Let's just really lean into how bad the Giants were and not say anything about how good Seattle was. They were terrible. Uh, 24-3. <laughs> uh, Seattle defense with 11 sacks. Devin Witherspoon, their top draft pick out of Illinois, the defensive 21. back. Where's number 21? Seven tackles, two sacks, an interception return for a touchdown pick, six, 97 yards. Geno Smith gets hurt in the game, not happy about the way in which he got hurt, complaining that it was a dirty play by the Giants there. And, you know, they had Kenneth Walker, who had the, the 17, yard, 17 carries, 79 yards, and a touchdown. But there was one play where it looked like it was going to be another touchdown. Everybody stopped, and they reviewed it, and they realized, okay, maybe he was down for a second. I still don't even know that he was down. I really don't think he was necessarily down, but it, it could have been more. And Daniel Jones, they're in trouble. 27 of 34, 203, and two picks, but 10 carries, 66 yards. I don't think the Giants realize that their quarterback is a run-first quarterback. I think a lot of people assume some of the people that you look at in the league, like Lamar Jackson or Josh Allen, are run-first quarterbacks, and I don't buy that. I think they're quarterbacks that can run. Obviously, Allen, people know, is a great arm. Lamar made some passes over the weekend that if you don't wake up to Lamar Jackson being a great passer, you're just biased against him for whatever reason. You've made up your mind that he's a running quarterback. He's not. I actually think Daniel Jones is a running quarterback, and they should structure the offense towards that. Now we're in a situation also, is Saquon going to come back? Why would he? If, if you're his agent, you're going to say to him, there's no need for you to come back. He's not going to listen to his agent. He's going to go and play. Mm-hmm. But this is the kind of mess that they're in right now. And the flip side is that I think we got to give Seattle a ton of credit. Yep. Pete Carroll may be the most underrated coach in all of sports. When you think of his accomplishments, we never bring up the idea that this guy is an elite-level NFL coach after being an elite-level college coach. That doesn't normally happen. Somebody on Twitter, Scott on Twitter, brought up Jimmy Johnson as maybe the last time we've seen that, and that includes the NBA. I don't know that there's a coach in the NBA that was an elite-level college coach and an elite NBA coach. This doesn't happen. Nick Saban was not a good NFL head coach by his standards. I don't know that anyone's going to sit here and say, yeah, I think Kirby Smart will be a great NFL head coach. Two-time national champ in a row, going for three in a row here, number one in the country. Pete Carroll has to be looked at in a way that we don't look at him, CeCe, as elite at both. Yeah, I mean, he did what Bill Belichick couldn't in terms of winning the divorce with his championship winning quarterback, right? Mm -hmm. Like, that's what we're talking about with Pete Carroll, the way that he's been able to retool his team on the fly and take a quarterback that was a cast-off in a lot of other places, including both New York teams, and turn him into a Pro Bowl player. And 
for the folks that were asking the question on whether last year would be an outlier for the Seahawks and for Geno Smith, we got an answer last night, and that's no. It's not an outlier. This is a team that I'm confident that will secure a playoff spot, albeit a wild card. When I look at the NFC playoff picture and we're projecting what these teams are going to be, I feel like the wild cards, there are two of the three wild cards that are already decided, the Seattle Seahawks and the Dallas Cowboys. I think the 49ers win the NFC West, the Philadelphia Eagles win the NFC East, and the Seahawks and the Dallas Cowboys will be in the playoff picture. That's how confident I am in what I saw from Seattle last night. That's how confident I've been with what I've seen from Seattle over this three-game stretch. Remember, this is a team that went into Detroit and beat Detroit. And Detroit can score points with anybody. Their defense is trending in the right direction. Detroit likes to bully people, and the Seahawks were not bullied by them. So I think there's something to be said for not only having the requisite physical toughness, but the mental toughness um, that lends itself to being able to to win in postseason style of play. So I think Seattle has all the elements that you're looking for. And the crazy thing about this team, Smalls, is this is not the best version of the Seahawks because they're still not healthy. They're missing a lot of offensive linemen. They've got two key starters that are out. They've got guys on the defensive side of the ball that were out. Tariq Woolen didn't play last night. Jamal Adams got hurt nine snaps in. So, I mean, this is not who the Seahawks are going to be. And yet they dismantled the New York football Giants, a team that was in the postseason last year. Do you think it's a situation where the Seahawks are that good or the Giants are that bad? Because yes. I think, I think it could two be th- both. I think two things can be true. Because I think this, the Seahawks really could be that good and the Giants are terrible. I mean, I don't know if it's going to get much better for them this season. But No, that, I know. It's not going to get much better. Sorry, it's CC. Okay. Sorry, CC. No, there's an argument that they should try to get worse. Yeah, so that they could No, I'm, I'm serious. Like, the, the, There's an argument that the New York Giants should look at this because if you look at their schedule now, they have at Miami. That's a loss. They have at, <laughs> they have at uh, the Bills. What's the next one, Mike? Um, so they're going to lose two in a row. <laughs> if you think, I mean, no, more than two in a row. They're going to lose a bunch in a row here. Who's, who do they play after that? The Washington Commanders. I was going to say, I know it's another team that could beat them. It's Washington. I mean, they oh, haven't they scored. Will beat them. They haven't scored in a touchdown in the first half this year. They're two games at home. They've been outscored seventy to twelve. So there's an argument that maybe the Giants ha- are going to become a no. Seven, tank. Seven, they've been outscored sixty-four to three. <laughs> what in the first half? You're saying in, in the home games. Oh yeah. Well, I'm just saying whatever it is. there's an argument that now we should put them on that sneaky tank. You know what? Here's the thing. They're going to replace the Rams on the sneaky tank team. The Rams are now going to hover around the playoffs. So now we take the Rams out. We put the Giants in on the sneaky tank teams. And they have pieces to move. Saquon. Mm. Waller. Mm. I mean, they just – and by the way, I know you think Daniel Jones stinks, but there's still a – I didn't say he stinks. I didn't say he stinks. What I said was the Giants have a lot of problems <laughs> and Daniel Jones ain't the solution to said problems. Oh. And that in and of itself is an issue because you're paying him top 10 money at the position. Okay, so then let me pitch this idea. You know my belief. Didn't say he stinks. Well, he's not. I mean, he's he's, not, he's, just, not, he's just not good enough to cover up all the other issues that Fair. the team he, has. He was Fair. under a lot of pressure last night, too. He was pressured you know 26 times, small. 11 sacks. He was small. It's he not all He was pressured 26 <laughs> times. I'm not, I'm not think, absolving Think about, him, think about it. He was pre- Guys, he was pressured 26 times. Rough. How do you you can't play quarterback under those circumstances? But again, in a salary cap sport, your quarterback is going to have to mask some deficiencies. Like they drop back to throw, what was it, forty five times? I mean, he's pressured on twenty six of them. 
at, at some point, uh, you have to realize what we're trying to do isn't working. And that's why I point the finger of blame at Brian Dayball more so than anybody else because you had extra time to prepare. You played a Thursday night game and then turn around the following week and play on Monday night. So you have three days of extra prep in comparison to what the Seahawks had, and the Seahawks are traveling to your place. How, how, how can you excuse the product that you put on the field? That's a bad brand of football. No, I agree, but I also want to go back to one thing about the Daniel Jones and the whole situation. I agree with you about Dayball. I, I'm a big believer, as I've said, and I will continue to say, draft a quarterback when you want one, not when you need one. Now, mm. the Giants may be in the both category situation right now, but I think what's happening here is they're going to they're gonna get really bad. They're going to get, like, messy bad, that we're going to talk about them in relation to the Broncos and what's going on there in relation to the Chicago Bears and what's going on there. We're in the Cincinnati Bengals. Different reason, I think, maybe what's going on there in terms of disappointing seasons. But they're also set up in a way that Daniel Jones's contract allows for one more year and then there's an easy break after that. So if you draft a quarterback this year, you can still start Daniel Jones next year and have that transition six or seven games into the season and be fine. Saquon Barkley's an expiring contract. He's hurt right now. Darren Waller's a piece that a, a team would want. I actually think the Giants have an opportunity to maybe use this to their advantage a little bit now amidst all of the disaster. But again, I don't want to lose sight of Seattle and what they've been able to do because I agree with you. They're not as good as San Francisco, obviously, but they're a playoff team right now. And Pete Carroll, I believe, has been a head coach in the NFL for 18 seasons. Mm-hmm. Only four of them have had losing seasons. Again, go through it, ladies and gentlemen, in your head. Go through all of the coaches that you have seen coach in college and the pro in, in pros in NBA and NFL. This guy does something and has done something that people outside of Jimmy Johnson really don't do. From Steve Spurrier to Nick Saban to Urban Meyer, we have had disasters when guys go from college to the pro. NBA, same thing. Lon Kruger, uh, Mike Montgomery. I'm doing this off the top of my head, so I may be wrong on some of this stuff. Uh, John Calipari. These guys are not elite coaches at both levels. What Pete Carroll has done is prove, as the oldest coach in the league— He's still got pep in the step, and he's an elite coach in college and pro. Every college opening would take him right now. Every NFL opening would take him right now. He's good at both levels. That's unheard of. And to your you po- laugh from pep at the step. Yeah. Like I mean, he's 72 years old. He's chomping the gum. You see him but in the it, weight room. I mean, he's still he got it. Doesn't bite his tongue on that? When I chew gum like that, I always end up biting my tongue, and I have a, my mouth is bloodied as a result. That means you're too aggressive. Yeah, that seems like Have you seen Pete Carroll chew the gum? You're too aggressive with the gum. I am. I mean, Pete Carroll and Joe Mazzula, the Celtics head coach, the power rankings top two of gum chewers, although Mazzula has now stopped because it was too intense. I'm not kidding. But look at Bill Belichick, right, who's right there in age with Pete Carroll. We're talking about this being the end of his career. We're not talking about that with Pete Carroll at all. We're talking. We're not talking about the age for Pete Carroll being a some a barrier to him connecting with these young players. Mm-mm. When the divorce happened with Russell Wilson, it wasn't messy on the Seattle side. Pete Carroll didn't let that spiral out of control. It wasn't. Oh, what are we going to do now that Russell Wilson is gone? I just think that in addition to everything that he's able to do on the field, assembling this team and putting together the scheme for them to have success, we don't talk enough about the culture that Pete Carroll instills and how at 72 years old he still has an identity rolling with the Seattle Seahawks. Do we give Pete Carroll more credit now that we see what Russell Wilson is without him? Absolutely. Like I mean, Russell Wilson, Nathaniel Hackett, that was a disaster in year one, year year two for Russ in Denver with Sean Payton doesn't seem like it's going much better. Like, do we give Pete Carroll more credit in terms of being an elite coach after seeing what Russell is without him? Because I certainly feel that way looking at it today. From my perspective, 
it gives me a deeper appreciation for what Pete Carroll was able to put together in Seattle and that sustained success that Russell Wilson was able to have. We were trying to figure out who was more responsible for that run that Seattle had where you're talking about going to playoff appearance after playoff appearance, having the NFC West in a stranglehold, and then going to -to back-to-back Super Bowls. It feels like it's Pete Carroll more than the quarterback. And I can't believe I'm saying that as a former player, but in looking at what he's done last year and then what the start that this team has gotten off to this year, again, it's a deeper appreciation for what Pete Carroll is as a coach. Now, that being said, I think Seattle's a playoff team, not a championship contender. Yeah, not, that's okay. But And by the way, you know, you talk about the culture, Smalls. There was a moment last night where I thought about the culture because I've been in this spot as a terrible high school quarterback where you're mad at your coach because you're not the starter or you get benched, whatever it is. When Drew Locke, who was, I believe, the intended starter when they made the Russell Wilson trade and, you know, just beat him out. When Drew Locke had to go in the game last night, the the – Fist-bumping, smiling, laughing between Drew Locke and Pete Carroll was stunning to me. Because if I were Drew Locke, I'd hate Pete Carroll. I, I would. Like, I was here to be the starter. You chose someone else. I'm mad at you, like, eternally. And Drew Locke was totally cool with him. And the players seem to love Pete Carroll. And it's a great environment to play in. He's one of the most underrated coaches and an elite gum chewer around the NFL. Coming up, we mentioned Dak Prescott. Monster game this weekend. Niners. And the Cowboys. Dak has been pretty good, but has Brock been better? We'll get to that next on Sportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today. The number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus, electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome. So you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's l e c t r i c ebikes.com. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. Steady brocking all game long. We be into Brock. Purdy. Brock into the game. We all have different words. Y'all got to learn the words. I got the right version of the words. Y'all need to. Can you give us the lyrics? It's Brock Purdy, steady brocking all game long. We begin to Brock Purdy. Brock until the game is done. That's the words. Those are the words. Brock until the game is done. Brocking until the game is done. Yeah. Until the game is it done. is on Sportsman like on ESPN Radio. <laughs> Listen, that's the best I got, okay? If we we, we, we got to figure out the words. I feel like we're we Martin Lawrence and Will out. Smith and Bad Boys trying to sing the anthem and can't figure out bad what the boys, hell the anthem boys. is. What you gonna do? Nobody knows gonna the words. Be... Nobody knows the words. And this is our signature song. We need to get this unlocked. Yeah, exactly. We got to figure it out. 
All right, we're going to figure that you out. You know what the somewhere. 49ers don't have to figure out? Their quarterback play, because Brock Purdy's pretty damn good. Yes, he is. Pretty uh, damn what good. What a transition. Uh, by the way, just uh, one reminder, the Road to the World Series goes through ESPN Radio. Catch all the postseason action on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. We're going to have all the small things in the baseball preview for the uh, postseason here, and Smalls' takes, plus Buster Olney is going to join us um, a little bit later in the show. But, yeah, the Niners and the Cowboys, by far and away, at least on paper, is the biggest game of Week 5 in the NFL. It's Sunday Night Football coming off of a record viewing for Sunday Night Football this past week. I'm going to go out on a limb, even with the Cowboys, and say that it's not going to beat the Taylor Swift game last week, which was the most watched game since the Super Bowl, I believe, or most watched Sunday Night Television show since the Super Bowl um, this past week. And I think we've got to get over, well, Brock Purdy's a nice little fit on the San Francisco 49ers, that Kyle Shanahan can make anyone good at the quarterback position, and Brock Purdy's the latest version of that. Now, I, I think that there is a huge credit to Kyle Shanahan, their head coach, but at some point, we have to be able to give Brock Purdy the credit that he deserves. Think about it this way. This is a guy this season that is third in completion percentage, eighth in yards. He's played 13 games as a starter, I believe, in the N- uh, 13 games in the NFL. He's had 18 touchdowns, four interceptions. He's 9-0 and in games. The Niners are 9-0 and in games he started, and he's first in QBR. I found it interesting. His completion percentage is actually greater than Tua's, and Tua is known as as accurate in that Mike McDaniel, Kyle Shanahan-type offense. He is as good of a fit with his team as anyone outside of Mahomes in Kansas City in the NFL And he is, in my mind, one game, Sunday Night Football Cowboys away from being a legit MVP candidate. And he is better than average Joe they could get as their quarterback. He was a miss by all teams in the NFL draft a couple years ago, including the Niners, who passed on him. Just like the New England Patriots, and I'm not comparing them, but passed on Brady. Like, acknowledge that part of it, right? They passed on Brady as much as they they get credit for taking him. I just think that we have to get to the point where we acknowledge, CC, that he's a top 10 quarterback in this league. Yeah, and he's playing mistake-free football. You know, he's got five touchdowns, no interceptions, and he's got the best QBR through the first four weeks. He does exactly what Kyle Shanahan needs him to do, and he does a great job of being good in situations. He's great against the blitz, and he's great when it comes to being able to quarterback his team in the red zone. So I just think those are elements that you have to have if you're going to be an elite offense, if you're going to be an elite team, and Brock Purdy allows you to do that. In my book, Brock Purdy is already a top 10 quarterback, and I could make the case that Brock Purdy belongs ahead of Dak Prescott on my top 10 quarterbacks in the National Football League sitting here today. Do you think we sometimes dismiss Brock Purdy's ability because of the scheme, because of his coach, yes. because of the talent around him? Mm. Do you think Brock Purdy would be better on the Giants than Daniel Jones? I think it's hard for anybody to be good on the Giants because their offensive line is bad. I'm, I'm but just I, but as I think, the, but for I think Brock, But I think Brock Purdy – allows you to overcome some things because he gets the ball out of his hands quicker than Daniel Jones does. I think his ability to be able to diagnose things goes a long way. We shouldn't be surprised because this guy played a lot of football at Iowa State. And so he he knows the game. He thinks the game in the same way that Kyle Shanahan does. And I think that's why they've been able to build this type of rapport, this type of synergy that's allowed the 49ers to have success ever since Jimmy G got hurt in the middle of last year. Like, this is a team that's rolling. They're in the middle of winning 14 straight regular season games. And Brock has been the starter for the lion's share of those games. I get that you want to credit the supporting cast. We want to credit the head coach. But you also have to give credit to the quarterback because it's due. Brock Purdy is a good player. He's a good quarterback in our league. Maybe he's not elite. He's not going to enamor you with the physical gifts like a Josh Allen or a Pat Mahomes. 
But that doesn't mean that he's not elite at being a good quarterback. Oh, he does his job. The accuracy is there. You see him make some throws that you say, wow. I'm just saying the common like perception of Brock Purdy is that if he wasn't on this team, he would not be in this But think about it. He's got to go so far above the expectations based on where he was drafted at in order to change the perception of who and what he is. And I think that's mm-hmm. what we get caught up in. Because he was the last pick in the draft, we want to find reasons to discredit what he's doing. We want to look at the supporting cast, the fact that he's got a lot of all-pro players. He's got Christian McCaffrey. He's got Debo Samuel. He's got Trent Williams. He's got a top-flight defense with the defend, uh, defensive player of the year, Nicky Bosa. We, he's got Kyle Shanahan, who's been in the conference championship game three of the last four years. We want to find reasons to take away from what Brock Purdy has been able to do. But as he continues to win, he's going to continue to silence all of those critics. Sitting here today, this guy plays quarterback at a really high level. And again, I've got him as a top 10 player at, a, at the position, and I've got him ahead of Dak Prescott. That's where I'm at with Brock Purdy. So I, I think it's a fair question you're asking, Smalls, but I also think that at some point, guys like Brock Purdy, and again, I'm not comparing him to Brady, I'm just circumstantially. At some point, you have to look at it and say, the coach helps them get great. But they would have been good without the coach, but just not as good. Tom Brady would never have been the quarterback that he was without Bill Belichick. He'll be the first one to tell you that. But I think Tom Brady was so unbelievable that obviously he would have been good no matter what. Brock Purdy is not there yet, but Brock Purdy is hovering around the idea that even if he didn't have uh, Kyle Shanahan, he still would have been good. He's that. I mean, you watch him throw. He throws bullets, and he throws deep downfield. You have him top ten. Go through this quickly here in terms of who we see above and behind. In okay, this. so I've got – I'm taking Joe Burrow off the list because he's not healthy, right? Okay. The, so guy talking about for the, this the guy that's healthy, number nine yeah. in the Bengals uniform is is not Joe Burrow. Fair. Okay, so here's my top ten. In order, Patrick Mahomes, like he's, he's the best quarterback on the planet Earth and is going to be for the foreseeable. Josh Allen, Jalen Hurts, Justin Herbert, Lamar Jackson, Tua, Brock Purdy, Trevor Lawrence, Dak Prescott, Jared Goff. That's my top ten. Yeah. I, I understand that top 10. I have no problem with that top so 10. So Brock Purdy is checking in at seven yeah. right now. It, that, and that is for this year in the circumstances, right? Because if we were going to draft for the next five years expansion team, I don't think any of us would take Brock Purdy over Trevor Lawrence in theory, right? I, at least I wouldn't. No. Right. But I think for this year, in the circum- under the circumstances, for their respective team, we have to wake up and start giving this guy credit. He is Brock the- Purdy is playing quarterback better than Trevor Lawrence right now. No question. Yeah. No question. And the Dak one's debatable because Dak is coming off of a great game. But Brock Purdy is doing his job as assigned to him by his boss, in this case Kyle Shanahan, better than most quarterbacks are doing their job assigned to them by their boss. I, I disagree with you. I, I, I'm, the, the Dak one is debatable. I don't think it's debatable. I don't, I don't think it's debatable. Dak's been pretty good this year. Dak's been pretty good. He hasn't been as good as Brock Purdy. He just hasn't. Yeah, well, Brock Purdy's been he awesome. Ha- he, hasn't, he hasn't been as good. I mean, if, if he was as good, the Cowboys wouldn't be as bad in the red zone. Like, uh, Brock, Brock Purdy has been better at quarterback than Dak. Listen, people have to get past this. I'm not saying that Brock Purdy is more talented than Dak Prescott, but talent only takes you so far. That talent has to has to translate into on-the-field success. Right. And we got a chance to see these guys head-to-head against each other with comparable defenses in the divisional round of the playoffs. What happened in that game? Brock Purdy made the plays. Dak Prescott didn't. And on top of that, Dak made some mistakes in the turnovers. So, again – it's not as if Brock Purdy is more physically gifted than Dak Prescott. But Brock Purdy is playing quarterback in the National Football League better than Dak Prescott. 
That's something that everybody has to understand and everybody has to get past. I get it. We'll look for reasons to discredit Brock Purdy because of where he was drafted. All right? There wasn't a whole lot of fanfare when he was taken with the last pick. But Brock Purdy, based on what the film tells us and the team's overall success tells us, he's playing quarterback better than Dak Prescott. He has the best. We're sitting here calling the San Francisco 49ers the best team in football. How can we not look at the quarterback and give them give him credit for putting this team in that position? He's awesome, and I do want to give him credit. I think Sunday night's going to be amazing, the Cowboys at the Niners. Coming up, have the Giants hit rock bottom? We'll get to that next on Sportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. It is Unsportsmanlike on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance, Sirius XM80, ESPN2, ESPNU, ESPN app, and all of our great ESPN stations across the country. She is Michelle Smallman. He is Chris Canty. I am Evan Cohen, and we are joined by Jeff Saturday, ESPN NFL analyst. By the way, I didn't realize we had two former Ravens in studio. I did well, not realize well, until today. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know you were on the Ravens. Yeah, 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 oh, I wasn't. I mean, I was there for like a week and a half. I had a cup of coffee and they fired me. So let's not, let's not throw me. Uh, you know, Ozzy didn't uh, didn't think it. You know, he still apologizes to me this day, which I appreciate. But yeah, I wasn't there very long. So let's not. Let's not make that more than it really was. Got right? it. Okay, I'll let CC handle the Giants part of it from last night. But the Seahawks, I'm blown away, impressed with. And I, I've said today, yeah. Jeff, all morning. I think that Pete Carroll is maybe the one of the most underrated coaches in all of sports because outside of Jimmy Johnson mm. in our lifetime, there's nobody that's elite at college and pro in basketball or football. Yeah. And Pete Carroll is. There's no doubt. I mean, I, I mean, if you're saying underrated, like, I think he's a Hall of Fame coach. So, I, I mean, I, I don't know what – I mean, he will be whenever, you know, five years after he's done or whatever the time is for coaches. But uh, he's an incredible football coach and has done it for so many years at a consistent level. Um, even back in the rain, you know, with Russell Wilson, the Legion of – you know, the whole deal, like – you know his energy and what he does. He plays a certain style of football, which I appreciate. He doesn't get caught up and swept up in you know new offenses or new designs. He just plays a very consistent brand of football, and and he finds ways to win. And if you think about it, you look at his his teams. They love playing for him. I mean, you know I mean, like this guy, like they they enjoy it. You see it on the sideline, like they're they're hyped for each other. And that's not just because of this year. That's that's every year you see it. Um, even in years where they're you know when they were ten and six or nine and seven, they hold on and they fight till the end. Uh, I got a lot of respect for him. Man, he's a heck of a, a heck of a football coach. Jeff is the Giants season over? It's over, bro. <laughs> it's over. Well, it's I mean, over. so so if we're doing if we're doing the Here's, obituary if we're doing the obituary yeah. for the Giants season. 
What's the problem with this team? What, 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 how did it get off the rails well, through four games this year? Well, let, let, let's be real. Like, not having Saquon is, first of all, to me, when everybody had this conversation of who should get credit for, you know, should it be Daniel Jones gets all the credit or Saquon? Or, I mean, the running game for the Giants was their, where's the, where's their cowbell, right? Like you had to have, you know, you needed more of it, right? So when, when you look at that, that's what, that's what you wanted. When he got injured and then the offensive line with Thomas being injured, who, by the way, I thought was going to play last night, him not playing, um, you know, bad has gone to worse. I, I, I don't see – here. this is what I would say, though. If people expected Daniel Jones to carry this team, they were mistaken anyway. I mean, we, we, we all knew he's not the guy who is going to overcome – all of this situation, no running back, banged up offensive line. That's just not him. And and but I don't think the Giants believe that was him. The part that really gets you is the penalties, the missed. It is it is a sloppy brand of football. The first four weeks, so the scores have gotten out of control, and it looks much uglier uh, because of the add-on. I don't think it all needs to fall at the feet of Daniel Jones. It should not, if that's where it's falling. No, I mean in watching the game last night, the thing I kept thinking to myself. Was this team had extra time to prepare? They played, they played a they played a Thursday night game, and then turned around and played on Monday night football. I didn't think about that. How, how, <laughs> you have extra time to prepare, and that's what you come up with. Oh, somebody Jeff, they didn't it. look like they practiced. <laughs> Jeff, like I like I get that everybody wants to point to Daniel Jones. He had the two turnovers that led directly to Seattle Seahawks right. touchdowns. Spotted him fourteen points. I get it. Yeah, but but. How much blame does Brian Dayball deserve, not only for what we've seen last night, but for what we've seen through the first four games? This team has played one good half of football, right. second half in Arizona. That's it. How much of this is on the head coach? Yeah, I mean, it's got to be there, right? Because you're in charge of all of it. So he's in charge of the special teams, which hasn't played well. He's in charge of the defense that's not tackling. And then, obviously, the offense, uh, you know, controlling turnovers. So what's he got? Six turn- I think Daniels has six, six yeah. picks already this season. And for- that, that's, that's not, that's not going to get any wins for the Giants. So um, they got a lot to work out, man. And this is a division where they have good competition. It's going to be tough to make the playoffs anyway. So the, the fight is real. And, and they, 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 you're going to see a lot about who they are as a team. Will Dayball really rally this team together? Will they come back together? And and uh, Saquon's like on the edge now, right, of coming back for this next game. Don't they got Miami next? I Miami think? and Miami, then Buffalo. Buffalo. And then yeah. Washington. Oh, good gracious. <laughs> so, it's, so, it's o- gauntlet, so it's over. The, the gauntlet's real. Yeah. <laughs> the gauntlet is real. I, I, it's, it, it, I'm with you, though, man. It's, been, it's an ugly brand of football right now on, in all three phases. When all three phases are down, the offense, I mean, the, the head coach, obviously going to take the brunt of it. So, Jeff, we're writing the obituary for the New York Giants. Are you there yet with the Cincinnati Bengals? Oh, I'm getting there in a hurry. Um, you know, I, I'll be honest with you. I, I did, I, this past weekend, I was shocked at, at just how ugly it really looked. And I'm one of those people, everybody's like, well, you, you should bench Burrow. I mean, your season's on the line. Like that's the opposite. Like he, if he, if he's the only way you can get this thing back, you can't you can't sit him down. I mean, you're not going to make the playoffs. So as as you're looking at this football team, I was disappointed in, in, in last week. I mean, Tennessee got after them. You know what I mean? Beat the brakes off of them, really. Mm. And so when you're talking about the physicality, and just the week before, I thought their defense looked really good. So I'm not really where you, you know sure where you're going with the Bengals, but it's a it, these are must wins at this point. And I know people like, don't like to use that term until November, December, but these this is getting in, in panic mode for the Bengals. It is on Sportsman like here on ESPN Radio. We are joined by Jeff Saturday, of course, uh, ESPN NFL analyst. With a big game this weekend against Dallas, is Brock Purdy an MVP candidate? 
Mm. I, see, I think McCaffrey's probably the MVP candidate for me for their team. But I, I, Purdy's playing great. I mean, you know, I'm not taking anything away from him. Um, their defense has played lights out. But I, but I, I think McCaffrey has played fantastic football. What he's doing, and again, it gets. And this is what I tell you, it gets back to that. What what is the engine that it, for me the Dolphins? Tyreek Hill is the engine of that offense. Like I, I love Tua. I love what he's doing. I love the other guys. There's a ton of speed, but to me, Hill is the guy. No different for San Fran for me. Like when you see what McCaffrey is doing in the, on this team, it opens everybody else up, including the quarterback, to see the game differently, right? And so as, as you're seeing this, I love what they're doing out there. I think they're playing great football. Again, this was one of my two best teams in the SEC going in. At, Nothing's changed. They're still playing lights out. But as far as, you know, is he going to be the MVP? Uh, I, 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 I don't put him up there, but he's he's played very good football the first four weeks. Jeff, I know this is going to sound strange to say because of what we've seen over the last two decades in Foxborough. But but is the sun setting on Bill Belichick being a head coach for the New England Patriots? You know, I was actually thinking about that yesterday. And I was thinking about, okay, so here's a guy who's won six titles. You know, he and Kraft, the relationship they have, how's this thing? I think the first thing that's going to go is they'll start changing his role, right? Like, I don't think he's going to, from the coaching perspective, I still think he'll be good. But as far as, like, the general manager side or the front office side, all the things he's doing, I'm assuming something is going to change because – I made this point this morning. We have and get up, but we have a we have an early morning meeting. What scares you on their offense? Like everybody's going to blast Mac Jones. What what do you as a defense? I, I told them I didn't even play defense. I can tell you right now, if I if I walked in that meeting, I'm not afraid of anything. You're not afraid of the run game. You're not afraid of the passing attack. You're not afraid of speed. Not afraid of explosive plays. Like they're going to have to put an 11 to 12 play drive together and complete <laughs> it in the red zone against you. You have so many different points as a defense to stop them, whether it's by turnover or by sack or by them getting a fumble or by penalty, whatever it is. And so it's hard in the NFL without explosive plays. They don't have that. That's a big issue in the NFL. So if I was looking at, at Belichick, I would say, okay, let's move that direction before I would just from the coaching side. Smalls, I'll tell you something. Hearing Jeff say this is not great for me as a Patriot fan. I've got to be honest with you. But you know what comes to my mind, and we got to run in a second? I wonder if they do the old school rebuild and they just call Scott Pioli and say, we need you back for a year or two. Ooh. It could. And I'm not blaming Matt Groh. Why are you looking at me like that? Because Groh's a Virginia guy, and I'm, I'm trying to bump him out of there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, that, that's, I'm just saying, I, don't, I agree with Jeff. I think it's crazy You're, the idea of removing Belichick as head coach is nuts. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't think you move there, but I do think you have somebody in there that's like the checks and balances of we have, we have got to change something. This style of football is not going to continue to win in, in, you know, in the NFL, we got to fix this somehow, and it can't be all Mac Jones. Again, everything goes to the quarterback in the NFL, but it can't all be about Mac Jones. He's not helping. I mean, they got him for decision. Ah! I mean, honestly, they got him for decision making well, and that... accuracy, and he's not making good decisions, and he's not accurate. So let me ask you this: So you're it, blaming so, the GM so, Belichick? No, no, I'm no, just no, no, let me ask this: <laughs> Let me ask this. If you're Mac Jones, <laughs> right. If you're Mac Jones, how pissed are you that last year you had a special teams guy and a defensive guy as your as your quarterback coaches in year two? All right. So right now, like, okay, we can. Last Mac Jones, right? And then this year, you got you, you Bill, Bill O'Brien, right? Brand new to you. You're frustrated, man. You're, like, as a player, you're frustrated because you know – and you've won a lot of football games at Alabama. It ain't like you went to some program where you won three games a year. I mean, bro, you're putting in win after win. All of a sudden, you are going to press because you're frustrated. So, like, I blame him to a degree. Don't make a dumb decision. But at some point, you're like, i got to make a play because no one else is. I think that's the frustration that happens with quarterbacks. And I'll be honest, if I'm him sitting in his seat after what I've seen the last two years, I'm probably feeling the same way. I'm going to go – hey, I'm going to wing it too because we're all going to be out of here anyway. So <laughs> might as well let 
let it ride. I get it, but, but I guess the thought outside looking in is, who am I if I'm Matt Jones to question Bill Belichick's decision making? I mean, that's well, we're scoring how many points a game? So no, I'm, I'm questioning. You know, know what I mean? But, yeah, yeah. And, I, and, I, and I had a special teams guy and a defensive coach <laughs> as my as my QB coaches and my offensive coordinator. That's gonna hurt my. That's gonna hurt my feelings a little bit. I, mean, I know you love them, but I'm just being real, right? <laughs> All I can do is I'm thinking about the Patriots and Jeff, and I just think about that hug with Robert Kraft and how amazing that was. Years Those were ago. good days. Good days for both for both people. Good yeah, days. That was amazing. <laughs> Jeff Saturday, ESPN NFL analyst. Thank you so much. You'll see him on Get Up 8 a.m. Eastern time on ESPN. Coming up, Smalls World Baseball Playoff starts today. Next on Sportsmanlike ESPN Radio. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really... Who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. This is Small's World. Yes, it is time for Small's Worlds here on Unsportsmanlike on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance, Series XM80, ESPN2, ESPNU, ESPN app. And, of course, all of our great stations across the country that will all be carrying the baseball playoffs today as they get underway. We got all the action here on ESPN Radio from the first pitch this afternoon through the end of October in the World Series. Smalls, you covered baseball for 15, 20 years. Cardinals, what? more since, than that. Since birth, you're saying? Oh. <laughs> what? I'm a youth, Evan. <laughs> you know, my wife said to me this weekend, mm. she goes, how old is Michelle? She's like 28, right? And I said, no, she's not 28, but Michelle was very happy about that. It's and a mystery. Then, why we got to put a date on it? That's right. I, I don't understand why people are asking why all these questions. Exactly. Like, what? Why no, is his see, wife no. trying to size you up? No. I don't now, understand it. Now I'm no, going no, to okay. get defensive. Now it's I'm going to get defensive because okay. my wife was giving you mad love. That's what I'm saying. Like, compliment. look at how dominant she is. Mad love? She's yeah. giving him mad love, yo. <laughs> yeah. Mad love. <laughs> anyway. All right, I'm done. At least he didn't call you Gutta. <laughs> exactly. You Thank did. you. I take I take the small win, Smalls. I love it. Take the small wins. Just go. What do okay. we need to be aware right. of today? Speaking for of mad love, I am going to give <laughs> some love to the Brewers. Okay, I think that the Brewers are in the NL Wild Card over the uh, with the Diamondbacks. I think that the Brewers are going to beat the Diamondbacks now. You might think I'm crazy because they lost Brandon Woodruff, which is a huge portion of their three-headed monster in their, in their pitching staff. But I think the pitching is nails. They still have Corbin Burns. They still have Freddie Peralta. The bullpen is solid. If the offense can just give them the lead guy, guys, the pitching is going to handle the rest. Devin Williams, their closer, is absolutely bananas. He is going to come out there. He's going to throw the airbender, as they like to call it, that changeup that he has. He throws it more than 50% of the time. Their manager, Craig Council, is very deft at managing the pitching. 
And even though the Diamondbacks are a great story, I love Corbin Carroll. He's an absolute star. I just think that they don't have the maturity yet to be able to beat a team with the pitching like the Brewers. I'm fascinated by this Brewers run because they have a chance to go on a big run. And their manager, Craig Council, is the number one reported candidate for David Stearns, their former president of baseball operations with the Mets. Mm. So are we looking at a little last dance here with the Brewers over the next few weeks? Yeah, I mean, it could be that type of situation, but this is a team that's had a lot of success over the last five years. What is it, three division titles you talk about? And this team punching their ticket to the postseason. So they've been able to have that sustained success, but they haven't been able to get over that hump. Yep. It'd be interesting to see if they can figure that out this year. Losing Woodruff's tough, but I think they can still do it. All right, let's swing over to Marlins and Phillies. Sorry, Pat, I know you're a Philly guy, but I'm picking the Marlins. This is October. Okay, weird things happen. On paper, you would never look at this Marlins team and think that they can beat the star power that the Phillies have but and by the way they're out they're without Sandy Alcantara they're ace the Marlins but this is October weird things happen in October what I said about the Diamondbacks being young and not having the experience you could apply that to the Marlins as well but I think in a positive way they don't uh, the stage doesn't feel too big for them this team is tough and they win close games and even though Alcantara is out I still like their arms Cabrera Lozardo Garrett they can get the job done uh, Lozardo and Garrett 4-0 and against the Phillies this year and Miami has won this series against the Phillies season series 7 to six. I think Jess Chisholm is going to have a big series. And the number one reason why I believe in this team, guys, is their manager, Skip Schumacher. I know it's his first campaign as the Marlins manager, but I covered this guy for a long time. He knows what it's like to be an underdog. He was on the 2011 Cardinals team. That was 10 and a half games out. They beat the 102 win Phillies en route to winning a World Series. He's a leader. He knows how to win. Do not be surprised if the Marlins take out the Phillies. And they came out of nowhere. Right, and you're talking about the star-studded team, obviously, with Bryce Harper and company across the way. But, yeah, the Marlins came out of nowhere. I think that literally as they were making the playoffs last week of the season, their fans were literally in shock that they made the playoffs. Like, wait, the bottom what just feeders. happened? Yeah. The bottom yeah. feeders, What yeah. just happened here? And they made the playoffs. Um, but, yeah, that is, that's the kind of series that, that you feel, and that's the late game tonight, 8 p.m. Eastern ESPN Radio, that you feel will have these moments you're just like, what the heck just happened here? Yeah, I mean, you're wondering who starting pitching is going to be able to win the day. Because baseball, they always say momentum is the next day starting pitcher. Yeah. And you got Nola and you got Wheeler with the Phillies, uh, with the Marlins rotation. They're down a couple of your guys. Their best two starters are not going to be pitching in this series. So it's just a matter of whether or not they're going to be able to find a way to cobble together innings and be able to keep the Phillies' bats at bay. I don't know if that's going to be the case. And with the Phillies, you're questioning whether or not their bullpen is going to be able to close the show once they do get – you know, the top end starting pitching with their top two guys in their rotation. So, again, I think whoever's starting pitching can help that team in terms of being able to shorten the game is going to give themselves a decided advantage in this matchup. Okay, so since this is day one of the postseason, let's jump ahead to the World Series. World Series prediction, okay? I think the Orioles are going to the World Series. Two years ago, they lost 110 games. Last year, they were growing. They were on the precipice. They are here. They won 110 games. They have so much young talent. Gunnar Henderson, Adley Rushman, they... I know it was a quick turnaround, but they are absolutely legit. The, the lineup is deep. They can beat you on the bases. They have a sound defense. I don't think the stage is too big for them. They know how to bounce back. They haven't been swept in 91 consecutive multi-game series. The <laughs> Orioles are going to the World Series. If you're right about that, and they had the most wins in the American League this year with 101, two more than the Rays were in their division, and they just clobbered everybody else in terms of you know twins with the 87, Astros who obviously have been dynastic over the last five years or so um, with 90. If you're right about that, then we are going to have another example in baseball where tanking works. 
It worked with the Cubs. They yep. tore the whole thing apart. It worked with the Astros. They tore the whole thing apart. The Orioles have torn the whole thing apart and built it back up. Shout out to Brandon Hyde, their manager. He's done a phenomenal job there. Tanking in baseball definitively works. It does not definitely work in the NFL or the NBA. We talk about it more in those sports, but there's way more of a gray area in terms of direct results. If you're right, and you very well may be small, it's another example that tanking works in baseball. There's a little bit about a lot of bad in baseball with the Orioles like in the last few years. Like So the fact that the fans in Baltimore have an opportunity to have something to look forward to now that we're talking about postseason baseball, good for them. Good on them. They deserve it. They do, but they're not going to win. The Braves are going to win the World Series the end i mean based on the way that they're playing of course yeah. yeah i mean yeah. there's questions about the pitching that but, offense but, but, is but if you would have told sickening. orioles fans five years ago that this team would be capable of getting to a world series they would have laughed in your face that's right just how ugly will the rest of the season be for cc's giants we'll get to that next on sportsmanlike <laughs> thanks for listening to the unsportsmanlike podcast on espn radio you can listen to unsportsmanlike live weekdays from 6 to 10 a.m eastern on espn radio the espn app and on sirius xm channel 80 You can also watch on ESPN2 and on ESPNU. Unsportsmanlike with Evan Canty and Michelle.